0: This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Improve your development skills by completing coding exercises that are peer-reviewed by real humans. Learn more at upcase.com. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello everybody and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein and I'm here today with Will Salinsky. Hey Will. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. So, why don't you start off by telling us what you're doing these days?
1: Okay. I'm building a company uh, called Pistol Lake here in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a pretty big change of pace for me because I spent the past decade or so building tech companies, and Pistol Lake is an apparel manufacturer uh, that's kind of taking a lot of the lessons I learned building tech companies and applying them to manufacturing.
0: Hmm. So what kind of uh, apparel are you making?
1: So we make men's clothes, and really... Uh, the reason that I got into the business was I uh, grew up in a family where most of the people that raised me sewed shoes in Maine, and right down the street, you know, there was L.L. Bean. You know, there was a type of clothes that 30 years later you'll still find in thrift stores, and we just didn't feel like that was the case anymore. And so we wanted to build what we thought were going to be better clothes, and also just... Uh, tailor a company to the things that, that we wanted in our age group and for the people that like us.
0: Yeah. So what is the difference that makes something last that long?
1: Well, it's just about craftsmanship. I mean, when it comes down to the quality, it comes down to craftsmanship. And it comes down to people that are happy doing what they're doing and doing a good job at it. And so we sew all of our shirts here in L.A. Uh, and we're you know constantly in the factory. And that really matters. It's also, it also comes in the design Phases When you're actually making the decisions around what matters. Mm -hmm. For us, it's really about minimalism and it's about focusing on what does matter, which is, you know, quality construction and, you know, and and kind of taking out all the stuff that doesn't matter.
0: Hmm. Is that the main thing that gets people to keep clothing is sort of quality and the fact that it will last? Like, I feel like you almost need a mentality that, like, this is something that I'm going to hang on to for a long time.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that people want to hold on to clothes. I just think that it's uh, we've been really biased over the past, you know, couple of decades or whatever, of, you know, a decrease in quality. You know, I think the, the first thing and the most important thing, though, is just, like, enjoying the style and, and liking the fit. And, you know, it's like when you start getting people to tell you something looks good or you feel good in something, that works. And then... You know, if it lasts, then then all the better. So that's really what we focused on is just making it last at that point. Like, well-constructed knits, like what we make, t-shirts and Henleys and things like that, should get better with age. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, as they get broken in, they carry your story with, with them, you know. So it's...
0: Mm-hmm. I saw you guys uh, looking for uh, design feedback from Reddit. Yep. On your yeah. other pieces.
1: Yeah. We, so we grew up building tech companies and... um you know, and and that's our background. So when we look to our audience and the people that care about, you know, what we're doing, we can find groups of them online. Uh, And so, so far, like when we first launched the company, we actually launched on Hacker News. Mm. And then uh, from that, we uh, started interacting a lot with Reddit because there's a subreddit called men's fashion advice. And it's this like crazy passionate group of dudes that like talk about feeling good, looking good and like buying nice clothes. and, Like the guys on there know about so many more brands and styles and stuff than than I ever would. And so it's like really rad to be able to put something out and to get good feedback. And it's crazy because uh, probably, well, the first post we ever did on there, this dude reached out and just wanted to come and check out some of the new styles we were working on, try them on, see what his fit was. And I really had no idea what to expect. But he came by, swung by our office. We've always kind of worked and lived in the same building and uh, Mm -hmm. swung by threw on some of the clothes and just like sat there and talked for a couple hours or something, just like really rad guy that, you know, shared a lot of the same interests and and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, became friends with him and uh, you know, a lot of the people that we interacted with so far on Reddit have been just really, really cool kids. So nice. We're actually in the middle right now of designing a really awesome crew neck sweatshirt. And it's very iterative in the in the how we design and so as we've been walking through each step, we posted the updates to Reddit, Yeah, and we get great feedback every time. Yeah. So it's been, it's been really fun, uh, and we want to continue doing that. So.
0: Yeah, it's awesome whenever you can sort of shorten that feedback loop or like talk directly to people that are going to get your stuff or are currently wearing your stuff and, and get feedback from them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Especially the people that have been thinking about this stuff and have you know worn similar items and that you know that are interested. So it's it's been a really awesome channel for us.
0: Mm-hmm. What made you go from tech into making a physical good like this?
1: <laughs> well, it was a lot of things. Um, I wanted to build a company in a little bit different way than typical building software companies. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take technology and my background in technology, but apply it to a more traditional industry. Where you know it's not a software company, but software can change the game, mm. and so uh, I also really wanted to build a company that would be profitable uh, pretty quickly, and that would be something that, if done well, I could really like change people's lives. Uh, you know, the people that we were working with, and it's been important to us as we built what we have that. You know, all of our clothes are made here in Los Angeles, and everything from the zippers to you know all the components of the shirts are made here. And it's not really that they have to be made in America, but it's such that we're here and we can walk through the factories and make sure that everyone's smiling and that you know they're well paid and and things. So that's just been something that was important to us.
0: Hmm. Why is that important to you?
1: Most people that are building companies like eat, sleep, and breathe it. And like, if you're going to be allocating your time in such a way. Like, why not do something that can have an impact that, you know, that you can change people's lives. And the apparel industry is probably one of the most atrocious ones in the world. It's it's also a really large industry. Hmm. Uh, and so my thought process is that if I could build a reasonably sized company, then I could impact people's lives a little bit. Hmm.
0: You mentioned earlier that uh, so you feel like software can change the game uh, in, yeah. in sort of non-traditionally software powered industries. how How are you guys using software for that?
1: We've kind of built out uh, or started to build out our own processes of design. And and so it's called PLM software, just kind of tracking the product life cycle, uh, everything from inventory projections, like forecasts of demand, just so up replenishment of old styles. Uh, there's a lot of like the kind of back end, I guess, of things mm-hmm. that that's really kind of game changing. And, you know, to be quite honest, there's a lot of platforms out there that have been built like Shopify and uh, we use a logistics software called ShipStation to run our warehouse, and so we've decided from the beginning that a we're gonna my co-founder and I uh, we're going to learn every facet of the business and do everything ourselves uh, at the you know at the beginning and as we scaled out. So that meant learning how to design apparel, how to manufacture apparel, mm-hmm. and then how to build out a warehouse, and so. You know, each step along the way, we've looked at it and said, how can we in the future use software to, to make this more efficient? Yeah. So, everything from building out shelving to like, where do you put the thing to ship them out the fastest? And, um, you know, we've taken our time in, in walking through these steps so that we can continue to kind of build out.
0: That's really software. interesting that you would both. Did, did your partner have experience in apparel? Like building a no. like this? So, you both nope. just picked this and you're like, let's do this. But we're going to do everything ourselves and then <laughs> yeah. like reinvent stuff along the way. Yeah, that's, such that's an interesting of, change.
1: It's kind of crazy, or has been kind of crazy, but it's also been the most uh, fun, incredible experience I've ever had. Um, my co-founder and I met in a program called Techstars mm. uh, in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had both founded separate companies and uh, became really good friends. And we knew we wanted to build a company together. And so we've always tossed around ideas. And this is one I've been thinking about for a long time because you know there are still really good boot companies in Maine and around the United States but there aren't many uh really really awesome apparel companies or shirt companies and specifically as a guy you know buying clothes like I'm not a super like fashion guy I'm not like high fashion I w- would never wear uh, most things <laughs> that are sold uh you know online or anything mm-hmm. so I wanted like a certain type of clothes and I really never really liked the laborious acts of like going to the store and shopping and things like that. So I wanted to build a company that people that I knew and people like me could trust would work for them. Mm -hmm. Like whatever they buy, they can buy other things that, you know, fit the same. They don't shrink. They're super high quality. You know, you don't really have to think about it at that point. So, and that's what we've seen so far from, from a lot of our customers is that once they buy, You know, a T-shirt, and it fits them well. Then they can buy a Henley or a hoodie, or you know, whatever else it is. And so now we're just kind of expanding beyond that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It's so fascinating to see someone that would just sort of drop what they're doing and pick an industry (laughs) without experience in it. I guess
1: it's really fascinating, though. I the company I took through TechStars was in the mobile space, Mm. and you know, it was right when the iPhone was coming out. Uh, So we actually tackled BlackBerry first; Mm. Android hadn't been released yet, and so. Learning, you know, mobile development right when the iPhone launched was also, you know, really fascinating. I think it's more of a personality thing than anything. Mm-hmm. And the next company I built after that or helped build was uh, an ad tech company. And so like digging into that space and understanding a uh, pretty complex business. But honestly, learning the apparel business in the United States, domestic manufacturing is like way more challenging than than any of those things. They're really are no books. There aren't you know great ways to learn. It's all about making personal relationships with small small business owners, and you really have to learn facet every facet of it that like relates to your product because everything's different. Mm. But it's it's awesome. I mean, it's really fun. So
0: yeah. So what does success look like?
1: Well, for me and my co-founder, means about building a company that gives us the freedom to do what we want and uh, to be able to help people along the way. And to you know provide a, a product that people love, uh, so those three things are are really the most important to us
0: when you say freedom to do what you want, do you mean with the company or like not having to work
1: <laughs> Well, I'm not really the type that can do that whole not working thing, yeah uh, so no, it just means you know right now we're constrained by you know what we can design and what we can build. We think you know we've designed some awesome things and we have some really great things in in the hopper, but you know, resources are always a constraint. So, yeah, so it just means, like, being able to design the things we want, to sell them, uh, and to kind of bring them in the way that we want. Like, we're super picky or super passionate about the uh, experience when people buy something from us. And so, you know, we really want to be able to bring that to people and, you know, in everyday life to have retail stores and, mm-hmm. you know, to have experiences that kind of match what we think is really fun and rad. So hmm.
0: uh, the, One of the things that jumped out to me on your site was the packaging. Mm-hmm. the clothes looks really cool yeah sort of like brown paper packages tied up with it, string as it were <laughs>
1: yeah well it's just kind of like it's just like the stuff that that we would want you know like when you buy something online and it comes like in a poly bag and a traditional box it, it just doesn't feel like it doesn't like, feel like cool. a human sent it to you yeah i mean we do i mean like my co-founder and i like literally go into our warehouse and pick a shirt off the shelf and send it to you. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to convey that, but we also want to convey there's like a sense of design aesthetic that we want to come across with our company. And you know, what pistol Lake is or was, is a, is a place that I grew up and that we went camping every summer and a lot of our designs are very like kind of like vintage athletic kind of inspired stuff. And so we want that to come across in the the packaging. And, you know, eventually when we have our own retail shops and stuff, like, you know, want that, that same design aesthetic to come across. So.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looking at the stuff, it, it all looks very like comfortable and kind of simple and there's not like a logo that I see. It just kind of looks like stuff you would be able to wear Casually almost anywhere, I guess.
1: Anywhere. It is that like minimalism though, of like not having a logo mm-hmm. and of really focusing on what matters the most. You know, I think it's it's probably the same way with software as it is designing apparel. You know, you cut away everything that doesn't matter and then you're left focusing on really hardcore on what does matter mm-hmm. and that's the fit and the quality of the cotton and the quality of the sewing and uh, you know at at the end of the day like for a guy to come back and shop with us like it means that he has to be able to wear that shirt feel comfortable and have people you know tell him that it looks good and feel like it looks good in himself and so you know that's really what what we design with with in mind so Mm
0: -hmm. do you have a lot of repeat customers
1: yeah. I mean, we don't look at too, too much about at the metrics. Um, you know, we're not like super hardcore uh, on that side right now. Yep. We're just trying to listen to people, what they tell us. I mean, all of our close friends, all the people that we talk to on a regular basis tell us that, you know, their closets are dominated by our shirts at this point. Mm. And so that's, that's a good sign. We have uh, some guys that come back and have consistently bought like 10 shirts at a time. But, you know, I, I don't know what percentage are repeat buyers, um, mm-hmm. but I you know I definitely know they're out there. And, you know, the one, I guess, barometer we use is that people regularly send in emails telling us how much they love the shirts, and we have, like, almost no people to email in and say they don't fit or they don't like them. Uh, it's, like, super rare that people say they don't fit. But We also, like, offer 100% guarantee on anything we do, so if somebody order misorders a size or it doesn't fit or whatever we just take care of everything mm-hmm. cuz you know we want people to be happy with what yeah. we're building
0: So are you, are you getting what you wanted out of this so far
1: Out of uh building this company Yeah Yeah I mean it's been a really <laughs> challenge <laughs> <laughs> Uh the interview has been fun okay. Uh the uh, the apparel business has been interesting I mean it's been a huge challenge the first 6 months maybe 9 months were really really tough because not knowing what you don't know and, and facing all the hurdles some days it just seemed like nothing could go right mm-hmm. and uh it it actually is really really complex like you know an example is we were also designing like four different things at the same time and that was probably a, a mistake but you know we we couldn't get the ribbing right on our crew necks and our, our v-necks and it sounds so silly and like it's not a you know not too challenging or something but we didn't want it to bake in. We didn't want it to like wear out after you know a few washes. And so, mm. you know, we just kept on struggling. We went to everyone we knew that you know super smart mentors and stuff in the business, and I, nobody really could help us figure it out. And so, we made you know went through the process of elimination, made so many changes, but it just took forever to find like this perfect ribbing that's like super beefy, like that, that holds up and keeps its shape and stuff like that. And You know, there's just no, no, like one person you go to to solve it. So Mm. when all that stuff comes back wrong at the same time, uh, when you're working on a lot of designs, it's super frustrating. Mm. Um, but, um, but now, I mean, the two things that kind of keep it like really, really awesome is like, we're now at the point where we can design new things pretty easily and pretty consistently. Mm. We know a lot, but we learn stuff every day. And so those two aspects of being able to be creative every single day and then also learning like something hugely new, like at least once a week is really crazy. But also on the flip side, like, you know, we've been really, really specific on how we wanted to build the company. You know, Shane and I were best friends when we started the company. And when we decided like a year into it that we wanted to have our friends help us and we wanted to build inventory, we you know raised capital from close friends in a really specific way and then like as we've hired our first couple of full-time people you know it's really been about not about like where did you go to school or you know even what's your background it's like how are you going to fit in with this with us and is this going to be fun because you know for us at the end of the day this is this is something we plan on working on for the next 50 years and you know we really want to build a special a special company so hmm.
0: What are the uh the hard parts of, about this business that people might not guess from the outside <laughs> well it, the, the biggest thing is just that
1: um when something design wise goes wrong, there's no like clear path. It's just process of elimination, and you just try to tweak as many things as you can to get it to go right. Hmm. The other thing is that you have this like pressure right like china and and some of the more established apparel countries like have incredible industries that are built built around apparel. And it's actually such that like you can design things faster and cheaper in China, um, which has these like full packaged places than you can in the United States. And so you know you can literally send a, a sketch and a swatch of fabric to China and have something made you know, and, and it will be back to you within like a week and a half or something. They've sourced fabric, they've figured out all the design quirks, and it's just incredible, uh, and the price point's usually lower but what you lose is you lose control of that design process and you don't know all the pieces that go into that. So you're never going to make the very best product if you don't know, you know, the ins and outs. It's like architecting a system, a software system, right? Like without having any understanding of what the fundamental like technologies that you're using are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you really have to understand like everything from the dyeing process to the actual sewing and stuff. And so, um, so, yeah, so that's challenging. It's like, you know, we we want to manufacture and design here in the United States, but it's easier and cheaper to do in China. Uh, for us, it's it's a non-starter because if we can't walk through the factories and we don't know the people that are sewing for us, then, you know, we're just not going to do it. Um, mm. But it's, it is a challenge, um, you know, and we just kind of accept that we can't ever compete with a company like H&M or Uniqlo or something like that. Mm-hmm. We don't really want to. So we just kind of accept it, and that's where our place in the market is. Hmm.
0: Don't you know that the most important thing is making a lot of profit, though?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I do I do actually think making a lot of profit is important if you have kind of altruistic, like, ambitions, right? Like, Shane and I both feel really passionate about giving back with our company, and we have projects that we want to work on, you know, that our company can, can do. So profit is important to us, hmm. um, but uh, not at the cost of people's lives or you know livelihoods so you know at the end of the day we we do actually look at it and see you know i think that companies can be vehicles for for good things um and i don't think they have to be like we don't define our brand and nowhere on our page will you ever see like something about you know giving back or one-for-one programs or anything like that but you know we do uh plan on having that be a component of our business it's just not our brand
0: if this does last and is a 50 year you know the thing you're doing for the next 50 years wh- what would you hope it looks like at that point like way down the road do you want a lot of employees uh or like do you <laughs> hope it's still like you know eight people cranking out really just like focusing on one sort of narrow niche in apparel
1: yeah um you know i don't know i i, I think actually uh one of the things i learned building technology companies is that like when you come out of the gate with like some like crazy aspirational dream of a software or product or whatever it's really tough to build a company like that if you come out of the gate with a super useful feature that you know that somebody you know pays for and then you build on top of that it's a lot easier to focus on the short term and live day by day, right? Hmm. So I don't really think too much about what the future holds other than just, you know, doing good things, making beautiful products, having fun doing it, working with people that I love. And all of those things, you know, when you focus in the very short term on those, they're actually pretty easy to do. And they it's like barometers for your decision making. Yeah, I've been influenced a lot. I wasn't exposed before building this company, but I've been influenced a lot by Patagonia mm-hmm. and um, the CEO or founder of Patagonia, who was actually from Maine as well. Wrote a book called Let My People Go Surfing that was really influential. Probably one of the best business books I've read. And mm-hmm. um, you know, his aspirations have never been to build a huge company. I mean, Patagonia is now a huge company, but you know, he used to take off six months out of the year and go hiking, and you know, leave Patagonia to the management. But I think that, you know, in just focusing on building good products that he cares about and that are true to his kind of morals, he's built a good company. And I, so I think that that's a much more natural way to do things. Hmm. You know, I'd love, I'd love the company to be, continue to be successful and to have people really delighted with the products we make. And I think the good things will
0: come from that. So Sounds like a reasonable thing to focus on. <laughs>
1: Uh, how about you? Let's. Uh, I'm curious. Um, what uh, what brands are you particularly loyal to? And
0: hmm. I don't, how do you
1: make that decision?
0: Uh, I don't. I'm not. I know. Like like apparel wise, clothing wise. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hmm. Uh,
0: I'll tell you the the one. I have, I have like only a couple strong answers there. One is Smartwool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Smartwool socks a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Super um, comfortable.
0: Yeah. I also really like Ex Officio boxers. Mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. about that switching away from cotton to a synthetic was like one yeah. of the best quality of life improvements <laughs> that <laughs> i didn't expect but it was really pretty amazing uh and then uh there's these shoes called vivo barefoot which are these okay. like minimal sort of thin zero centimeter drop shoe type things It's basically mm-hmm. like a slice of rubber on your foot that you know no heel kind of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are they for running or do you wear them on the I, day wear, I, I have like dress shoe versions and like, <laughs> like that's awesome boot type things with them yeah they're they're everything that's killer what about that button up you're wearing um i love this thing what is this toscano i think it's called or something uh, okay i, f- I forget that it ran of this <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like this thing a lot too anything that's like kind of soft and like if a lumberjack would wear it once it hits the ball like that's kind of what
1: i want to be in yeah you're on the east coast too right yeah
0: exactly it's it's, it's basically cold enough for this now yeah you got it Yeah, you're in a t-shirt um, i see
1: yeah, it's uh, been a heat wave here in LA. I actually moved uh, from Boston to LA to to build this company. Mm-hmm. LA is still, you know, the capital of, of the United States when it comes to knitwear, and so when you have to learn something you know nothing about, you go to the the source, right? And uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this this week has been a heat wave, so it's been like you know 100 degrees. But wow. we also we work above our warehouse now, and um, it's just a really steamingly hot building. So <laughs> it's been crazy, but. I, I like it. So
0: Yeah. Well, maybe one day uh, you guys will have air conditioning. That can be your 50-year <laughs> plan. Yeah, you got it. Or you're, or you're, uh, you're just stress testing the clothes, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Just making sure just, they're
1: good. And- I actually rode my motorcycle under the office yesterday, and it was so hot by the time I got there. I like, had to like grab a shirt off the shelves to uh, switch it out, too. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's really cool to be able to wear something that you make every single day and to see your friends wearing it every single day. Yeah, It's like one of the most gratifying things you can do.
0: I'm sure. That's got to be kind of awesome. Especially like a stranger that you don't even know. It's like, oh, that's one of our shirts. <laughs> yeah.
1: I went to, um, let's see, a buddy's bachelor party in, in New Orleans uh, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, um, Brian Balfour... And he's uh, a lot of tech friends and uh, a lot of people that he had kind of shared the company with over the years. And uh, literally every single person was wearing like something by Pistol Lake at some point through the trip. I think literally every single person, but at least the majority anyway. And uh, it was just a really cool feeling. And it's like at at a certain point, it just feels like, you know, you've uh, hit one goal. And that, that was definitely one of them for me is to not only make a good product, but then to have your friends wear it and people you haven't met. So Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, I'm sure that's like particularly satisfying.
1: (laughs) One kind of interesting thing about building a company like this at this time Mm -hmm. is the use of like what you talked about with Reddit and and Hacker News and stuff. Um, The uh, Kickstarter platform has been really crazy in building brands that are building good products. And, you know, everyone from Oliver's to Flint and Tinder and Gustin and all these guys, I mean, these are like companies making awesome products that wouldn't have existed in the same way without Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just really rad, really rad time to be doing something like this because you can actually aggregate some interest and and build good stuff.
0: Totally. Yeah, we interviewed Chris Lindland from Beta Brand. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of another interesting model that just wouldn't have really happened. 10 years <laughs> right?
1: ago. Yeah, they they make some really cool stuff, and I think that they're they've been really really successful. Uh, I actually haven't met him yet. I should. I think we share some mutual friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, those guys have been around forever. And so, like, the guys that have been around much longer than you and have backgrounds in it, yeah, there's so much wisdom to, to capture there, you know? Well, I
0: captured some of it in the podcast episode, so. <laughs> Were there any good takeaways? I know? I'm looking yeah, at my I'm notes, but all my, my notes are all questions. They're not the, actually what they said. So, <laughs> you, you, you got it. You have to figure out what episode that is. you know what episode that is, Tom? Before my time. Okay, yeah, it it's before Tom's time. Wow, that's an old one. <laughs> so i have my all my questions for guests in a single file on my machine and uh that episode was at line 1000 of this file so
1: wow, that was a little while ago yeah you've been doing a few of these huh? yeah
0: this is uh this is my 50-year adventure apparently <laughs>
1: that's really awesome yeah it's really cool uh is there anything else that i can uh kind of flesh out or fill in no i think actually okay. we're at
0: a perfect stopping point
1: Cool. Yeah. Well, I've really, really enjoyed the conversation and uh, happy to uh, pick up at any time if you want to reach out offline.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Me too. And uh, I may pick up a couple of your Henleys because they look pretty awesome. <laughs> All right. Awesome. And I, was, well, not paid, I was not paid for that plug, by the way. <laughs>
1: thank you. Uh, thank you for the support. I appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. Uh, so the website for Pistol Lake is just uh, pistollake.com? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you got it. So go there and check it out if you're interested. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, man. Hey, everybody, before we wrap up, just one quick note. Uh, we're going to have two weeks off on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be traveling and be out of the office, so there will be a very short break, and we will be back on the 13th of October. We'll see you then. Today's show was produced and edited by Tom Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to thoughtbot.com slash giant robots slash 117. Thanks for listening.